Hi, and welcome to Stressed, the podcast to develop your stress resilience. Being ambitious and successful while living a happy life is possible. Learn how you can better cope with stress in day-to-day -day situations by applying tools and techniques that work for you. My name is Julia Arndt, and I'm extremely grateful that you decided to check out my podcast today. Let's get started. Hi, Kate. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Julia. How are you? I'm really good. I have my dog that is just jumping up on the couch and making herself comfortable. So that's good. Happy. Um, and yeah, I'm super excited to have you in the podcast today. I, we've been planning this for a long time. We've been talking about this probably more than six months. And I'm super excited to have you today and to talk with you about all the things. But before we jump into more specific questions, as always, I want to pick up my listeners and have you tell us a little bit more about where you are at right now, what time it is and which time zone you are and what you've been up to this morning. Awesome. Well, happy to be here. It is 12.35 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, I am in, uh, well, really outside of Netherlands, Colorado in the United States. And today has been a typical work day, really just working from home and ate lunch with one of my kids and my husband and nice. taking my little afternoon break with you. Very nice. And I know we just talked about it. You're sitting in this really cool house. Um, it's like a, the, the mini space, but you just kind of have it all together. And you're sitting in a little closet. You just showed me um, the door to your closet as well. It's really cool. <laughs> yep. Small spaces is the way to go. <laughs> cool. So tell us a little bit more about yourself and what have you been up to? Who are you? What have you been up to over the last couple of years and what are you doing today? Awesome. Yeah. Well, my name is Kate Ellenbaum. I'm a recruiting manager at Elastic and Oh gosh, oh, what have I been up to past couple years? I mean, really been re recruiting in high growth tech uh, companies. Been at Elastic about a year and a half. Prior to that, a more local company called Survey Gizmo. But I really just love this tech industry. Uh, and yeah. Cool. And tell us, so what is super cool about Elastic and which is why we initially got in touch and why we've been talking so much over the last couple of months as well is that Elastic is a fully distributed company. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about what that means? Absolutely. So, well, we're distributed first, right? But we do leave the preference up to individuals and distributed in our world means kind of remote, I think, to, to more, is a more commonly used term. Uh, but yeah, I think Elastic is, has taken away a lot of the structures of the workplace that frankly kind of stifle some folks. And we've, we've just empowered people to say, you know what, we're going to start with trusting each other 100%. And frankly, most roles can create their own hours. And so it, it, it lends itself really well to a distributed culture. So right now we've got employees across 39 countries, uh, only about 1,600 employees globally. So we're, we're pretty widely spread. Wow. And yeah, I tried to recruit you unsuccessfully, <laughs> Julia, and that's okay. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah, no, this, it's so awesome. And I was so, so excited to hear about your company. It's not your company, but to hear about mm -hmm. Elastic. Um, because, yeah, I, I've been so desperate um, at some point in my life last year um, to really find like a distributed, like remote company that is okay with that. Um, because my experience, has been to that point always that p companies are usually not really okay with 
remote working. And there's obviously pros and cons to that. But what I'm really curious about and curious to explore with you about today is what are the pros and cons for yourself um, for working for a fully remote company and how you manage your own stress in right. that, how do you navigate that in your own um, environment? Because you still have to manage it on your own, right? So let's yep. jump into that. No, absolutely. I mean, I can only speak from my own experience, but to me, it's absolutely been a factor in reducing my stress uh, over the last couple of years. And my, the last decade of my life has actually had some crazy high stress levels. So it's nice to see it kind of stabilize mm -hmm. uh, since I've joined Elastic. And I credit a lot of that to the distributed environment. Um, I, I guess on the plus side for me, I have more time. You know, I mean, there's the obvious things like I'm not losing time with a commute, but for me, I'm, I'm a wife. I've got two kids. So I'm a mother. I have a dog. So she's my everything as well. And my transition time is seconds. You know, all I have to do is shut my computer and I'm wife or I'm mom or I'm taking my dog for a walk. Uh, so I feel like from a day-to-day -day standpoint, I just get more out of my days. So that time is a big factor. I think family connections also grow, and I don't think you need to have a family um, to, to benefit from this. But in general, you know, I eat with my family, right, if they're home. Um, so I get more time with my kids and my partner. Um, when my, my extended family lives out of state. And when we visit, it's, it's not for four days anymore, right? We can stay for two weeks. I just work from there. So I'm finding that connections with my parents who, you know, getting a little older and, and I get the value of spending more time with them. So that's been huge. And interestingly, I feel way closer with my teammates, even though we usually talk on a screen or we're slacking, uh, right? Mm -hmm. Than I have in the past uh, working in person uh, at an office with people. And this one was unexpected, but you know, for the listeners, I'm in my bedroom, right? Julia said I'm in this small space. Mm -hmm. You get this glimpse into people's lives. And when people come to an office, they, they kind of bring their professional self. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've been holding a screaming child with my boss. Uh, I've seen so many cats butts like go across screens <laughs> and dogs barking and, hey, is that a new coffee maker behind you? You know, you just get this mm -hmm. glimpse mm -hmm. into someone's life. Yeah. And I just, I feel like I know them way better. Mm -hmm. um, so those are, I guess, some of the benefits that come to mind. I, well, maybe I'll add one more to the list. Yeah. Because we're so global and we can hire in all these different places and build a team, you know, us in the United States, we live in a capitalist society, right? Elastics, our headquarters is in Silicon Valley. You've worked for Google, right? So it's really nice to work with folks that are, from a range of different places, right? It's not just, hey, I'm working closely with the Ireland office. It's like, well, I'm working on this team and there's six people from these six other countries. And so I think it just kind of balances out the perspective of what I have in the States mm. um, with, so it, it kind of tempers and balances things uh, for me anyway. Uh, but yeah, it's not all roses, right? And it's definitely not for everyone. So uh, I think on the con side yeah. for me I if you don't have venues to connect physically with people I think it could get lonely mm 
Mm-hmm. Right. Like for me, I've, I've got people in my life every day. Uh, so I don't feel that, but some of my teammates don't have that same situation. So they have felt a little bit more isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, the, the biggest con is it's so easy to work a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, my first six to eight months at Elastic, we had a few factors, a so little, little side story here, but it was like, understaffed recruiting department, high growth tech, three months till the end of the fiscal year, right? So you had the business needs. Mm -hmm. Then you had uh, the recruiting function, which was not set up to scale. So we were trying to make some adjustments to make ourselves scalable. Mm -hmm. And then there was me and I have these really high intentions of what I want to deliver and how I want to help. And those three factors combined, I mean, I was working a ton, right? And about six months in, I, I, I realized like, oh my gosh, this is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And it took me a couple months to figure out that the company was meeting me halfway, mm-hmm. but I was not meeting the company halfway, right? Like I wasn't good with my boundaries. I totally could have taken longer on the lower priority projects and, and my delivery mm-hmm. scope and, and timing. And, and so I really had to explore how I could meet the company halfway and make it sustainable. And, and once I figured that out, like it's been a dream. So. That's really awesome. And I think you said a couple of really important things that I want to just highlight, especially I love all of the ne- the positive things that you said. And I, you know, I, I can see how, how you connect with that and how you really enjoy that part. And I love the fact that you say, Hey, like I even feel like closer with my um, with coworkers because I have a glimpse into their life and, You know, we always talk a lot about vulnerability and how when we're opening up more our private life and bringing that into our professional life, that actually also has advantages. Sometimes it can have disadvantages, of course. There's always a balance for everything. Um, But I love that you said that. And I feel like definitely me working in the corporate world in America um, in an office space, I definitely felt like that was a lot more difficult for me coming from Europe. Um, to meet and connect with more people was more difficult because people were really nice at work, but then everybody mm. left and that was, that was it, you know? Right. Um, so that was k- kind of easier in Europe, but anyway, um, on the negative things on the, like this, the things that you mentioned, one of the things that really stuck with me is that I talk with a lot of people and some people say, I don't know how you do it. You're, you're working from home and how can you keep yourself motivated? Um, and how can you not feel isolated? And then on the other hand, there are people that say, you know, they're the complete opposite. Yeah. Um, and there's no one size fits all. Exactly. I think it's just determining how you're going to thrive. Yeah, definitely. And so I'm, and I, I, we've talked a lot about this because I was so curious about how the company works and how, that might not have been, why not other companies are adapting to that new style. Um, why do you think that is? You know, I, I think it depends. Well, it depends, right, with everything. But one of the key drawbacks or, or things that I think holds other companies back is they didn't start this way. Maybe they grew into this hybrid office slash remote worker model. Mm-hmm. And Elastic started distributed and we grew distributed and offices came later. And I think it makes it easier. A, it's because this is our intention, right? This is how we've designed the company. But B, we don't have to change office-based behaviors. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Like all of our behaviors are set up as if we're all working separately. So we all get communication from the CEO at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. Right? You'll either see it when you wake up or before you go to sleep, you know, it depends on where you are. Mm-hmm. And so I think the experience being distributed is is fulfilling because you don't waste energy on catching up on that hallway conversation. Mm-hmm. I think that's a drawback, but I think if if companies can truly adjust their communication patterns, and truly make the shift, like, I don't know what else would hold them back. I mean, it, yeah. it seems silly that we can't trust each other. Like, I don't need to know when folks reporting into me go to the dentist. Mm-hmm. I'm going to trust them to figure out what's going to work for them on a day-to-day basis. It's just yeah. silly. I think we waste a lot of energy on stuff we don't need to know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And do you, um, does Elastic still have like programs that support like well-being and setting boundaries and things like that? Um, or because I'm like, okay, maybe they don't need it as much because everybody can already take care of themselves. But then obviously there's the flip side of like, you can work still too much and you work mm-hmm. all the time and you never disconnect, right? That's right. I feel like that's also something that happened because companies like Google or Facebook or LinkedIn, they are creating these really comfortable office spaces where people spend a lot of time because it just feels very homey as well. So it's almost, you can compare that somehow. So how does yeah. you make sure um, that you're taking care of yourself? Absolutely. Well, we have something called our source code, which is basically our values. And as an open source company, if listeners, they, I'm sure they can understand why that's cool. Um, <laughs> but two of them like hold us all accountable to this. And one is called space time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's probably easiest to read it, but it it basically says it's easy to get stuck in the day-to-day work pattern. Allowing for the space and time to dream requires conscious effort. Embracing a high failure rate does too. Fulfillment comes from doing the obvious and dreaming up the unobvious, and both are foundations of elastic. Mm -hmm. And space-time that was the hardest one for me to figure out, but I have something on my calendar every week Mm-hmm. It's called space time and uh, everyone's different, right? But this is how I use mine. And I do my best thinking when I'm not in front of my computer and I'm not getting inbound stuff. Mm-hmm. So I am usually hiking or on my bike and I have one challenge I'm thinking about and I get the best ideas nine times out of 10. And then I'm coming back like furiously taking notes of all the stuff I'm going to do the next day. And everyone does it differently, right? Like some folks in our engineering departments, they might take a week out of, you know, a quarter to work on something, but there's space time. There's another value called home dinner, uh, which I won't read, but it, it's basically empowering you to say, you can structure your work around what's important in your life. Mm-hmm. And like if a parent gets sick, change your work schedule so that you can help them, right? Mm-hmm. You know, family dinner is important in my house. I've never missed a dinner unless I was traveling, right? So I think we just all hold each other accountable to living up to our source code. And then we've got, you know, some of the other typical stuff like leave policies and um, pet and childcare reimbursement if you're traveling. Um, We don't have like large wellness programs because of our distributed model. Um, But frankly, I I hope we keep our focus on the prevention upstream. Yeah. Um, Because I think if we just really help people not slip into these bad scenarios, we're doing a better service. Um, but then it's like, okay, well, what do we do with the ones that do slip? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's super interesting. And I, I know we've talked about this before, but I think it would be so interesting um, to see like data or numbers on 
how like is are people happier when they are in a distributed company and i you know we said it as well before like one person might love it and the other person might really dis <laughs> dislike it um that way but i'm still i'm always wondering from a research perspective like how does that really reflect in numbers and you know maybe not even the obvious numbers not asking the employee how happy they are but looking at numbers like um how much time are they off and during the the year because of sickness um how much right. Time, like how like how productive are people how much do they get done things like that i think would be super super powerful to look at um one of the things that you said before and that i would love to talk, like hear a little bit more about how you did it was the first six to eight months were crazy and you were <laughs> building like this this beautiful company um and then you kind of were like oh i just cannot go on like this what kind of boundaries or what kind of rules did you set for yourself to to be become better at that? Oh, that's a great question. Well, I haven't perfected this. And frankly, some of your coaching program, which I'm not going to reveal, has helped me with this because it's been an evolution. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I used to work every night mm -hmm. after I put my kids to bed. And now I've limited it to one or two nights. Like I kind of have one set night for my APAC time zone stuff. Um, and then maybe I allow myself a second night if there's just rollover things. Um, but I draw the line. And the other nights are for me, my, like my own time or my husband and I to connect. Um, so that's one. Uh, two, I do the same thing with my mornings, right? So sometimes I need to work early for EMEA because uh, I'm in a global role. Um, but mornings, I, I really need my morning routine. There's something that helps me prioritize myself first. And then I'm much more abundant with what I give others throughout the day, right? So if I could just have that time. Um, so I'm trying to protect my mornings a little bit better. How does your morning routine look like? Um, I get up before anyone else in my house is awake. I make my hot beverages. So I'm like a warm lemon and honey and then my tea. I need my two drinks. Um, and then I'm either doing a light um, yoga practice, which includes meditation, um, or doing some exercise in my kitchen. And just I have these beautiful windows looking out at the meadow and then this beautiful mountainside. So just the silence and moving my body to wake up is really what I need. Yeah. So it's one of those two things. Very nice. Yeah. Um, and then other boundaries is, you know, I, I don't know whether I got permission or I just gave myself permission, but I, I say no, or I miss more meetings than I ever have in the past. And, you know, in a distributed culture, we record things, we share them afterwards, and then we can collaborate asynchronously, usually like on a Google doc or something afterwards. Yeah. And so I've been doing more of that instead of always saying yes. And then I, you know, just figure it into my next workday. Yeah. Wow. That's, wow. that's really awesome. And I think that's what's, what I, what I feel like more and more people learn about to say no as well. And that it's okay to say no and that it's okay to move meetings. We were just talking about it. I was like, I'm so sorry. I moved our meetings today. <laughs> like, it's totally okay. And usually it is, but we never... And I, I never mind if somebody moves a meeting with me and yet we have such a huge, um, I don't know, we feel so obligated or we have such a, I don't know what it is exactly, but we feel so, you know, um, responsible maybe to, to show up and do these things. Um, even if it's sometimes not 
good for us or if we don't have right. the time or not the focus and energy. So, you know, the catch is there, Julia. I think we make these assumptions yeah. like, oh, they'll think I'm not committed or, oh, and it's like, stop with, stop stressing out about this fiction. Just move the, move the meeting and it's no big deal. Right. Yeah, definitely. And so how, because I think you said to me as well that the company you worked for before wasn't distributed. Correct. Um, how were your stress levels then? Did you have to commute to work? Like, what? How was it then? Yes. Yeah, so I commuted. Uh, so given the fact that I live in the woods, uh, <laughs> my commute, my quickest commute is forty-five minutes. Right. So I was commuting forty-five minutes, and that's in drive pavement. It's just a snowstorm. It's like an hour, hour and a half, and you know, working from an office, you know decent space, but nothing super amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and then because I've got kids, I have restrictions, right, of school days ending or daycare closing. So mm -hmm. for me, the stress level was a lot higher because I had a fixed start time and a fixed end time plus the unknown of the commute. Mm -hmm. And when you have to pick up someone by a certain time, otherwise they're sitting at the bus depot, I mean, there's just this pressure as a, as a parent to not screw it up. Um, so that alone added to my stress and I lost so much time out of the day. And then, um, frankly, everything I was doing from the office, I could have done from anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're sitting at a desk realizing I just stressed myself out to get here and I could have easily taken this call two hours earlier, which would have been better for this person and better for me from home. Um, so there's that. And then there's just a lot of lost time at work. And, uh, you know, I'm not this, a, like, not social mean person, but there's a lot of interruptions. And yeah. for me, I have focus periods and I need to shut out stimuli so that I can focus. So I had a really hard time getting like productivity blocks in the office. Mm -hmm. So I'd find that I would work more at night because mm -hmm. that it's would be. Time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I hear that a lot from people. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I, again, it's like a, it's a one-to-one -one correlation of mm -hmm. my stress level immediately went down being distributed and my productivity went up because again, it just, it works for me. Yeah. That's super cool. That's really, really fascinating. I think it's super cool. And, um, I mean, you mentioned it and we can talk about it if you want to around like you, so you were one of my early testers for the eight week online program. Um, and, um, the program has since launched, it launched last week. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So I'm really, really excited. Um, and yeah. And, you know, if you want to share anything, what, you know, what helped you the most, maybe what was one of your biggest takeaways or revelations during that eight week process, I would love to have you share. Absolutely. You know, when I think about what my de-stressing tools are or what my methods are, Uh, something that I'm careful to not do is to not be too attached to what worked in the past because mm -hmm. it might not always work for me today. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the tools from that coaching program is is totally in my arsenal today. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't want to reveal it too much, but it, it's it's really just a visualization tool or just a quick check for me And I visualize what I believe to be a low stress, optimum stress and high stress situation. Mm -hmm. um, and I am obviously trying to make sure everything's in that optimum stress in my life. So I've been using that 
kind of a color, right? I think you had it like yeah. yellow, green, and red. Yeah. Um, so I kind of like push things to the green. And for me, it's like a reframing of a task at hand. Or if I feel myself getting really spun up and worked up at work, I just kind of reframe things back into the green, mm-hmm. take a breath. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally works. So that was probably the biggest takeaway for me, uh, which, you know, it's, it's all a part of self-awareness, but it's all a part of the realization that some stress is okay, but let's make sure it's okay. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And is there anything that surprised you maybe the, about the coaching program? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I was surprised my stress levels were so high. Mm-hmm. Um, you have us do daily stress logs for those who don't know the program. And I consider myself a very self-aware person. And for me, it was really eye-opening to, to understand like, wow, things are out of whack and I need to bring them down. And uh, I think I shared briefly in the beginning, but the last decade of my life has been just really high stress and, you know, w- won't burden you, but, you know, different long-term relationships, you know, raising two kids in very different circumstances. And I thought things were getting a lot better. Mm-hmm. And I think it's always helpful to ground us into kind of that prevention or that preventative awareness of, wait, but things could be way better than what they are today. Let's not accept today. Yeah. Um, so that was my biggest surprise. And, and since it's been helpful because I've been making shifts to, again, take it down some more notches. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. Cool. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, so I always have a few questions ev- at every um, podcast interview that I would like to go in with you now as well. Um, what are you most grateful for? Mm. Myself. Mm. You know, I, I said we have family dinner at my house. And one of the things we do is we say our gratitudes every day. And I think my oldest and my husband and I have all consistently had to say ourselves because it's so easy to go outward. But it's like, wait, I'm, I'm grateful for myself as well and today and what I've done today. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. Thank you. And what are maybe the three biggest wisdoms that you live by or that you would like to take out in the world and have more people understand? This is intimidating. <laughs> this was probably the biggest. Okay, <clears throat> ready? I, this okay. was the biggest point of prep. Okay. So one, like feed what makes you your best, mm-hmm. right? Whatever that is. And stop feeding what weakens you. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think we all know what those things are. Mm-hmm. Two, I kind of geek out about this one, but it's grow your awareness of the relationship between your external environment and your internal environment. And, and let me illustrate this in one example. So when work is getting like super loud and needy and chaotic and crazy, your external environment's getting really you know, loud and crazy, right? So you counterbalance that with your internal environment. You say, okay, I'm going to not read media today and I'm going to eat some really simple foods and I'm going to listen to calming music or just be in silence. Mm -hmm. And the more you can counterbalance what's going on, if if your external environment gets a little dull, then make your internal environment, like start dancing or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we don't get knocked off kilter anymore, right? If we, if we do this play. So that's two. 
Okay. And then three is just never stop listening to your inner voice, you know, inner wisdom, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I speak from experience here when I say that, you know, like everything in this world that's unappreciated, it will fade and go away. Mm -hmm. And it took me years to get mine back. And now it's like, I'm never losing it again. So just don't stop listening to yourself. Wow. (laughs) You did great, Kate. I love them. I love love number two. I think that's an amazing stress management tool as well. That, um, it, it's been huge that that balance between the external and the internal world and how strong of an effect it has on us and in, in our internal world but so often people are not aware of it no and then everything's noisy and everything's loud and they're like oh why are things yeah. chaotic and it's like well yeah. gosh what are you doing to balance it yeah yeah that's absolutely really very cool. And um, what do you read? <laughs> uh, do you have any books that you like love that you maybe read um, more than once or what? Yeah, what well, I mean, I could go the nerdy fantasy route. I love sci-fi and fantasy and the King right. Killer Chronicles are awesome. And I've read them like three times, but I'm going to go like super nerd. Cause a book that meant a lot to me was called the dancing Wooly masters. And it's a quantum physics book for the non-physicist. So you might actually appreciate this. And I'm sure like scientific discovery has advanced since that. But I had a breakthrough when I read that. And I ended up reading it like three times. Because I realized that, (coughs) excuse me, the scientific community, there's more that they don't know Mm -hmm. than what they know. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, it opened up my skepticism just enough to allow for the improbable and spirituality and some of these things we can't always explain mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and it yeah it really changed my life wow yeah you'd gotta send me that book title again so okay you get to the um podcast show notes but yeah that sounds very interesting i'm quantum physics is so cool <laughs> oh my gosh I, I love to use that for anything that i work with in my corporations with you know because it always helps people to be like oh yeah okay Right. They haven't figured it out. So yeah. don't worry that we haven't, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and so do you have any plans for work or for family life? Like what's next on the, on your schedule? The agenda? Yeah. Well, I do have some more work I'm going to get to this afternoon, but I think I'm going to be stopping around 3.30 my local time and going to be taking my dog for a hike because I ended up working last night. So I'm going to counterbalance that yeah. with ending early and uh, doing something fun. That's super cool. I am always so intrigued seeing your house in the background. I'm always like, I would, Kate, uh, Kate would just give us a tour. <laughs> um, because it's a really small house. And do you have like any neighbors or like, or are you really in the woods by yourself? No, I have this awesome little neighbor community. Okay. Uh, but, you know, I'm 15, a 15 minute drive from town and mm-hmm. on an acre, but right by this beautiful wildflower meadow. So it feels really open. I'll send some pictures. But yeah, it's 922 square feet, four rooms. Okay. Uh, I love it because small spaces and small footprint is just something that's close to my values. And mm-hmm. frankly, when you live in nature, I feel like if you need more space, you just go outside. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I can yeah. 
Really cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of these things with us today. Um, one question that I usually always ask as well is how can people reach out to you? I don't know if, if you want to keep that possibility open. Maybe somebody is listening to the podcast and is like, I would love to work for Elastic. Oh, goodness. Oh, absolutely. Well, I've, I've been on a social media diet, but LinkedIn as a recruiter is my Bible. So LinkedIn yeah. has my email, my mobile. So that's the best way to find me. Awesome. Cool. I will link that as well. Great. Cool. Well, thank you so, so much. Um, I'm so excited that our paths have crossed and that um, we've had the pleasure to work so closely with each other as well over the last eight weeks. So thank you so much for your time. Likewise, Julia. Take care. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be extremely happy and grateful if you could leave me a comment and a 5-star rating. If you know someone who would benefit from the information I talked about today, please feel free to share it with them, no matter if it is your friends, your colleagues and or your family members. You will always find all links and a summary of the podcast in the show notes. It would be great if we could connect on Instagram or via email. You can find all details of how to find me in the show notes as well. In that way, you can also send me any questions that you might have. And as I mentioned, I also have a wonderful YouTube channel now where you can post comments and questions. So please reach out. I'm glad you're listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for your trust. With gratitude, Julia.